the Viauto Podcast's special series, Retail Revival. In the series, we'll be taking a closer look at the operational challenges, issues, and opportunities dealers across the country are facing with the COVID-19 crisis. In each series episode, Viauto thought leaders and dealers will share their insights and perspectives to help you manage your business today and find your way to a brighter tomorrow. I'm your host, Lance Helgeson with Viauto. Today, I'm joined by Mike Boyd, Director of Business Development and founder of iRecon. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much, Lance. I always enjoy speaking with you. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening in, I asked Mike to join us today because as we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, it raises a lot of questions in fixed operations for dealers. And we know that uh, across the country, service departments in many cases are considered essential and remain open. Sales departments, kind of more of a mixed bag, I think, depending upon local mandates and such. But in the middle of all that, We have cars coming in, either from auction if purchases are still being made, or trade-ins if new car and used car deals are still being made, which raises the issue of reconditioning and what kinds of reconditioning efforts should dealers deploy in this current time of crisis. My guest, Mike Boyd, has been on the phone with lots of dealers over the last couple of weeks. He has some perspectives. And Mike, I thought perhaps a place to start You know, I'm curious what you're seeing that's happening with dealers in their service departments to handle reconditioning as they're paying as much attention as they can to customer pay work, which may be regarded as more precious in this current time. What are you seeing there, Mike? So I'm seeing a bit of a mixed bag. A lot of it has to do, obviously, with your area, you know, how much work they're going through and how much they're normally used to and how big they are. The majority of the dealers I'm speaking to, they're really never taking their foot off the pedal as in for taking care of the customer who comes in off the street, you know, the person who's buying the car. At the same time, it's always been that age-old battle of how do we balance the internal workload. Well, with the slowdown, obviously on both sides, whether it's from the um, consumer off the street or the internal consumer, you know, you're the own dealer's cars, both have slowed down tremendously. So I've seen a lot of these service departments really look at each functionality and how many people they have. So like if you have, you know, normally 14 days running, but right now you can really only keep four to five, then I see them being proactive and cycling work. So saying, hey, you know, this technician will work a certain number of hours this day on the floor. This technician works a number of hours of a day on this activity. So that way they try to, you know, be equal and give people, obviously, a little bit more time off. The other thing is they're shorting their hours. It just makes sense to, you know, try to drop that amount of time that they are open to try to get consumers in there in that shorter period to stay busy during that time. There's nothing worse than just empty stalls and people standing around. When it comes to the internal pay, they've really reshifted and focused in on what can we do internally rather than using third party which I always that makes sense. It does. Yeah. And I always equate that out to you have to feed your own family first. So if you if you did some detail previously, you know, before COVID, it's obviously, you know, a little bit of a change, but now can that interior person do carpet repair? Can they be a little bit more proactive in the other parts of the reconditioning that you would normally farm out? 
to keep them occupied, to keep mm-hmm. them on the payroll. And at the same time, that does create that, how do I stay in tune and in touch with my third parties for when things start to turn around? But just reshifting assets and really looking at what they're doing, that's the biggest difference. What's your sense, Mike, you know, I guess to your point of feeding the family, maybe that answers the question, but is some of the issue with the third-party vendors just that you don't want to bring other folks to your location? Is that a driver there too, or is it really more of let's just watch our cash? So I think it's a matter of both. So obviously having contact with as few people as possible is very positive. You know, social distancing and then having less people engaged that you're not normally around. If you use your internal people, then it's easier to justify paying them, keeping on payroll and keeping everything going. But again, it's also having enough work and really looking at those third-party vendors and saying, okay, I only have X amount of work rather than every day. How about we switch to every other day? And then also here's the amount of work I can have for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just a nonstop balancing act. One uh, follow-up there as you were discussing how some stores and service departments are limiting hours, bringing in, you know, shorter-term shifts. How are they parsing the reconditioning work in those scenarios? Again, it's a mixed bag. So, obviously, you have different grades of technicians. So, you have technicians that are flat rate, Mm -hmm. so they get paid per job. And then you have uh, more of, you know, the lower level where it's just more of a, they're paid per hour for the number of hours they work. So, overall, I'm saying they're trying to be very fair. They're trying to look at... You know, how many technicians do we have on a shift? How much work do we have coming in? What do we have scheduled? Because you always have those people just drive in, obviously less of them now, and trying to level out those hours per technician. So that way everybody gets something, everybody's trying to stay active. Gotcha. Rather than a little bit more of a, the experienced technician could turn a lot more hours than a less experienced So you give them a lot more work. Now it's more of a, hey, we're in this together. And it's definitely pulling people together more than ever before. You know, and I've seen downturns. But in this one, it's more of a, hey, we all have to try to make through it together. So let's just kind of level the playing field and try to feed everybody something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. While still maintaining the quality. Well, that's a nice segue there, Mike, because I was curious, you know, if you read about the wholesale market, you read about the retail market, both are at much slower paces and almost a standstill in the case of auctions in recent weeks. Now, if I'm a dealer and I'm looking at that situation, I think there's a fair understanding that over time, depreciation on the cars I have, the value of those cars will drop just because we have a big imbalance at the moment between supply and demand. So if I'm sitting there and I've got a car, and let's say that you know I normally might have 600 bucks in reconditioning on my cars, I'm curious to what degree are dealers debating whether to cut their recon costs, knowing that their margins are somewhat in jeopardy just because of the market conditions. What are you seeing there? So depending on the dealer, I see overall dealers really starting to hyper-focus in on the ROI. What do I need to do to sell that car fast? Faster is better, but still make a profit. And what I mean by that is with the market so in flux, the first thing a dealer is going to do, knee-jerk reaction, would be just to pull back. If I'm normally expecting to spend 600 hey, can I get that to 300 Or do I need to do those tires, or do I really need to do the interior repair, which I would highly caution against. 
What I would rather have and what I always harp on when I'm speaking to dealers is every piece of product has to make money. It has to stand on its own. If you look at that vehicle and say, hey, yes, it needs $600 worth of work to do, but I could probably get away with 300 I would caution you to think about how many less opportunities you're going to have which means the consumers who are rightfully, just like the dealers, are very concerned about their money, but they also understand their money's worth more than ever. So they have to be very careful where they're investing it. So would you rather take the chance that product you're keeping in stock, that you have a holding cost, that is depreciating, the market's in flux. When the consumer comes in, would you rather give them an opportunity to walk away because they didn't do something or you went cheap? Or would you rather say, hey, if I have a product and I know it's deteriorating, I may only get one, maybe two points of contact on it. It needs to stand tall. It needs to look right. I need to have the right money invested to pull my money back out. That also puts that dealer in a wonderful situation to take advantage of that market that's in flux. So the faster I can get that car to the front line, get it front line ready, the better I invest my money and have an exit strategy and then successfully sell that vehicle faster because you did the right things and you put the right effort. We need to be hyper-focused on all aspects of our business. Then immediately take that money and go out and replace that vehicle at the current market rate. And that way you're keeping your inventory fresh and you're always on the bubble. You're just constantly working through because we just cannot afford to miss an opportunity, not in any economy like this. What you're describing sounds like somewhat of a case of being penny-wise and pound-foolish by trimming the cost but then potentially turning off a consumer because you didn't do something. Yeah, I would never tell a dealer to not spend money. Mm-hmm. I'm just the opposite. You know, I've never had trouble in making an investment. But unless you can utter those words it's an investment. Reconditioning, if you do it poorly, if you make bad decisions, it's not an investment. It really is a spend. It's just a reconditioning spend. But if you go into it understanding why you're doing it and equating that spend into an advertising benefit, then it's different. Then you're saying, hey, I know what I need to do to get this car marketable, sellable, and be able to take advantage of any opportunity that comes across my path as pertains to that car, then that's a investment. Spend that money. Don't go cheap and then hope that, you know, miraculously your salespeople or something happens, you end up selling it. You just can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a couple of uh, podcasts, webinars, and things in this current climate that talk about using the time that you have now, which most dealers and others would agree that perhaps they do have more time than they might normally have on their hands, but put it to good ends. And I guess I'm kind of curious from a reconditioning perspective, you know, we know that one of the long-standing concerns among dealers is a point you just made. How quickly am I getting my vehicles retail ready? What would you recommend, Mike, you know, for dealers right now in this moment, what could they perhaps do to retool their reconditioning process to make it more efficient so that they are more efficient in the future? Like you mentioned earlier, I'm speaking to a lot of dealers, and I'm doing that for a number of reasons. One, I want to stay in tune with them, and also I want to help add some guidance in my perspective, but I also want to hear what they're going through and and hear what they're doing. I was just talking to a dealer the other day, and I used the analogy 
that, you know, there's a time to sharpen your blades and then there's a time to use them. Right now with this extra amount of time, the worst thing I think you can have, whether it's sales, service, anything, is just people standing around. So let's take advantage of this downtime. So that's an investment. Let's take that time, turn it into an investment, and invest in our people. If you're talking about just reconditioning, now is the time when you relook at all your different resources, whether it's your detail, your interior, your own service department. It doesn't matter, internal, external. Look at the people you have in place. Let's really look at the job they do, what we pay, and what we get delivered to us as a finished product, and then hyper-focus on what do we want to accomplish? What can we change? So I talked about spending the right amount of money. I'm never a proponent of spending less, but I'm absolutely a proponent of spending less if there's no ROI. So look at those cars that you've reconditioned. Look at that pattern you've fallen into, which is very natural to do. Should we change that up? Do we need to spend as much as we did before? Some cases, no. There might be a situation where you go, you know what? Do I really need three people doing the work that I can get done through two companies? So would I rather you know, just keep the two people? And really, do I need to do as many wheel repairs as I was doing? Because remember, when the market's up, everybody's making money. You know, that additional activity that additional profit, all of a sudden we think we're the best there is and we're just spending money foolishly because there's always money coming back into the door. So take advantage of the downtime, work with your resources, make sure they're up to speed, make sure you have the right resource. There's going to be a lot of companies going by the wayside that you do business with. It's just a fact. It's just going to happen because for a number of reasons they couldn't afford to stay open or they just decided to fall by the wayside. Make sure you're not in a situation that when things start to turn, and they will, they always do, that you're not left holding the bag trying to call somebody who's not even there or not having your ducks in a row to be able to take advantage of that upturn. Because if you look back at the last real downturn we had, now it wasn't a pandemic, but the last real downturn, it thinned the herd. That meant that the people who were left standing, regardless of what business you were in, we're able to reap the lion's share at the end but when things start to turn back. And we're a nation of consumers. People want to buy cars. We want to sell cars. We want to do right. They want to do right. Take this time to prioritize, really hyper-focus on what you're doing. Are you doing it correctly? Are you spending the money wisely? And then act. That's what I would say. You know, that's a really good way to close our conversation, Mike. And the point being, assess and act. Don't just stand in one spot. Mike, Thank you for taking time out to join us for this podcast. I appreciate your perspective. Well, thank you very much, Lance, and it's always a pleasure to uh, talk to you on the phone. Folks, thank you for joining us for this edition of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well.